let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of 2 Samuel this morning, this afternoon rather, 2 Samuel chapter number 9, very, very familiar Old Testament passage of Scripture, 2 Samuel chapter number 9. I thank God for the good breeze that I feel blowing in here this afternoon. They said there's a 40 mile, 41 mile gust a while ago, I felt a 50 mile gust sitting back there a while ago. And I appreciate the Lord coming to help us in this meeting. And I was thinking what Dr. Barton was talking about when they was in Israel. I had the privilege to go one time by about 1987. We went over there and everything was hurry, hurry. And we got there and, and I really was expecting, I really expected that the garden tomb would be the greatest time that I would have. But there were so many other groups that was there that we didn't get to spend as much time, quality time there. And I did feel the presence of the Lord and I looked where our Lord had laid and those different things. But later on during that week as we were visiting in Jerusalem, we went to the Wailing Wall, and uh, I had the privilege to go down there and just put my hands up against the Wailing Wall, but I didn't do it like the Jews did it. I knelt down. And when I knelt down and put my hands against that Wailing Wall and was saying a few prayers, I looked down this way, and there was Orthodox Jews that they were standing there, and they were praying like this, nodding their heads and putting their little prayer request in the little notches in the stone there. And I looked down through there, and I got to thinking about the natural branches that had been broken off. There I was, an old wild olive vine being grafted in contrary to nature. I had myself a spell. I had a glorified fit for Jesus right there. Thinking about there I was, an old Gentile dog being grafted in contrary to nature. Well, this afternoon, 2 Samuel chapter number 9, there's nothing new to preach from this passage of Scripture. But I want to look at it in this light this afternoon. I want to preach on looking back at Lodibar. Looking back at Lodibar, the Bible said in chapter number nine, and David said, is there, not, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? He said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is not there yet any of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness, the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodibar. Then king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar. And when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, I'm glad he knowed him by name. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant, that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertaineth to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, saith the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. 
And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and he dwelt in the house of Ziba. And all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet. Now, here in 2 Samuel chapter number 9, most of you have heard this preached on many, many times, and all the preachers have probably used it, I'm sure, several times. But here is a great picture of the, of the grace of God seen in the Old Testament. David is the type of God the Father, and you find that, you'll find that, you know, Jonathan here is the type of the Lord Jesus, and Ziba is a picture and a type of the Holy Ghost, and Mephibosheth is the type of the sinner. Mephibosheth's name means a breathing shame or a stench in the nostrils of God. That was our condition before we got saved by the grace of God. And truly this afternoon we'd have to agree that we're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is not of works, lest any man should boast. And I want to look at this this afternoon, looking back at Lodibar. Number one, I want you to see the leading to Lodibar. And here we see the crippling of sin by a fall. The leading to Lodibar, the crippling of sin by a fall. Someone might ask the question, say, well, how did this young man by the name of Mephibosheth, how did he wind up in Lodibar? And the word Lodibar means the place of no pasture or no bread. How did he wind up down there on the other side of the Jordan River past Gilead? Well, when you get to thinking about it, Mephibosheth was declared the king's enemy. Mephibosheth's granddad was King Saul. And by rights, David could have had Mephibosheth put to death, but he wanted to show mercy unto him for Jonathan's sake. He was a fugitive from justice. And that's the condition that we were all in before we got saved. John 3, 36 said, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son hath not seen life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. We were all enemies, enemies to God Almighty. But through the grace of God, he showed mercy unto every one of us. And then Mephibosheth was disabled through a fall. The Bible said here that he was lame on both his feet in verse number 3. You say, preacher, how did that happen to Mephibosheth? Well, if you notice in your Bible in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse number 4, the Bible said in Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame on his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. And those tidings were that Jonathan and that Saul had died in the battle. And the Bible said his nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. He was declared the king's enemy. Number two, he was 
disabled through a fall that was the fault of another. Evidently that nurse when she heard those tidings of Saul and Jonathan had died, she picked Mephibosheth up five years old and began to run with him and evidently she dropped him. He must have hit on his spine some way and the Bible said that he was a cripple. <coughs> Excuse me. He was he was crippled on both his feet. And this pictures him being a sinner, as it were. He was unable to walk. He was unable to tread the straight and the narrow way. And before you and I got saved, we were in the same condition. We were crippled through a fall that was the fault of another. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, they call it the original sin. Adam and Eve plunged the entire human race into sin. We were all born sinners. The Bible said in Psalms 51 and verse 5, David said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. There was not a spark of religious deity in us that needed a fanning to awaken us unto salvation. We were dead in trespasses and in sins. We were dead. We couldn't go the straight and narrow way and we couldn't tread God's straight and narrow highway but we were spiritual cripples before God Almighty. He's declared the king's enemy. He's disabled through a fall. And number three, he was down in the far country. Verse four said he was in Lodibar, the place of no pasture or no bread. And that geographical location of Lodibar is located in Gilead on the other side of the Jordan River. This is a picture of the resident of every sinner. That's where we were before we got saved. There was no pasture. There was no bread for our souls. Man, I get to thinking about it. There's a hunger. There is a vacancy in the life of every sinner. Sometimes they try to Feel that vacancy with fame and fortune and drugs that sex and popularity and education and religion but that'll never satisfy that longing and that vacuum in the heart of the sinner. It can only be satisfied that hunger when an old sinner partakes of the bread of life. That thirst can only be quenched when an old sinner drinks from the fountain of living water. You remember when you were in that condition that you tried this and you tried that that you set out to make your million that you set out to do this and that but you were empty. You were dry. No real reason for living. But do you remember when you got saved by the grace of God and you passed from death unto life. We were declared the king's enemy also. We were disabled through a and we were down in the far country, the leading to Lodibar. And there you see the crippling of sin through a fall. But number two, there's the leaving, the leaving of Lodibar by the coming of a servant. And this speaks of faith. Aren't you glad one day the Holy Ghost came where we were and brought us the good tidings? You 
don't have to die in Lodibar, but you can come to the king's palace. Now, as you think about this, I look here at the leaving of Lodibar, and it's by the coming of a servant. And listen, Mephibosheth had to put faith in a man by the name of Ziba. He had never met Ziba before. He was five years old when tidings came about Saul and Jonathan dying. So he had to put his faith and his trust in this man by the name of Ziba. But you know what? Ziba knew several things about Mephibosheth. And he being a type of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost knows all things about every sinner. Notice number one, he knew his condition which spoke of his lameness. 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 3, and Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. He knew about his condition. He knew that he was lame and could not walk. God the Holy Ghost knew we were sinners. He knew some of us used to be dope heads and listen, alcoholics and listen, things of this world we'd rather not talk about. The Spirit of God knew our lameness and our condition. But not only that, He knew His location. He said in verse 4, And the king asked him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Mature, the son of Amiel, in Lodibar. Thank God the blessed Holy Ghost knows where to find sinners. He found you, didn't he? Didn't he come where you were and convict you and woo you and draw you? He knows the location of sinners. And then he knew not only his location, but his position. And I'm talking about his position, his lintage. He said he's of the house of Saul. The Holy Ghost knew that. And Ziba knew that. And the Holy Ghost knows that we were all the descendants, as it were, of Adam and Eve. Listen, sometimes we get to wonder about who we are and what we are and where we are. I just had something happen to me the other night. And I know this is going out on the radio and I've got to be careful how I say this. I am 50 years old and I just found out the other night that I am not really who I thought I was. And this, this would make a good soap opera story. I found out that, listen, my granddaddy gave my daddy his name and my dad took up the name of a Seton and passed it on to me and my brother and my son and and my two nephews, but in reality, I am not a Seton. I just found that out the other night. My brother had found out through another source, and I got to thinking about it coming up the road. I said, 50 years old, and I find out I'm not who I thought I was. But the Holy Ghost spoke to my soul and said, son, you are what you are through the grace of God, and I've got a new name written for you in heaven. So if you're here this afternoon or sitting by the radio, you say, I'm an orphan. I don't know who my dad my mom was. It makes no difference. You get saved by the grace of God. God will put you in His royal family. He'll cover up your past by the blood. And He'll give you a brand new name, friend. A brand new name. 
He knew his position, which spoke of his lineage. Then he knew what his commission was. Saba knew he was to liberate Mephibosheth. Verse 5. Then King David sent and fetched him. I like that word fetched. I've always knew God favored country people. That's a country term. Fetch means to take, to carry, to seize, and bring back swiftly. I'm glad one day the Holy Ghost came to fetch me and he did a good job of it. He found me in my sins. But He didn't leave me there, friend. He brought me to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He knew His commission was to liberate. Then He knew about the transportation. See, Mephibosheth's down there in Lodibar. He's hiding in the house of Nature, the son of Amiel. I can see old Ziba said, King, you mean you want me to go get him? He said, I want you to fetch him and bring me to him. Bring him to me. Bring him back to my house. I'm going to let him eat as one of the king's sons. Can you imagine that? I see old Ziba hitch up the horses. I believe they hitched him up to the royal chariot of David. I believe on the side of that chariot was the coat of arms that spoke of David's household and out the king's highway and down toward Lodibar. And there's an old ferry boat operator down there. The only way to get across the Jordan River in that day was by a ferry boat. I see that old ferry boat operator look up there. He sees dust a-boiling. Somebody's making haste. And all of a sudden the sun begins to glisten off the side of that chariot. He said, that looks like the coat of arms that belongs to David. I wonder where that servants are going. And about that time, Oziba comes riding up. There's lather on them horses. Their nostrils are flared. And they're drinking in, as it were, oxygen. And Oziba said, crank up the ferry boat. He said, yes, sir. Where are you going, Mr. Ziba? He said, I'm headed to Lodi Bar. He said, why, sir, there's nothing over there but no bread and no pasture. And those people over there are nobodies and lowlifes. And they Oh, he said, but wait a minute. David, David is showing mercy unto a young man by the name of Mephibosheth. He's of the household of Saul. He's hiding in the house of nature. The son of Amiel. I'm glad the blessed Holy Ghost knows where to find sinners. And by the way, he had the transportation. He come rolling in there in that royal chariot. I see him get off at the house of me. He didn't have to ask. He didn't have to inquire and say, where is he? Where he knew right where he was. The house of Mature, the son of Amiel. And he's knocking on the door. I see, listen, Mature and the son of Amiel come to the door and say, we're sorry. We didn't really know who he was. He said, where's he at? He's in this house. They said he's back there in the back room. He's hiding. He crawled in there. And he's trying to hide. I see old Ziba walk up to that door and knocked on that door and he said, Mephibosheth, you're in there, son. I've come to get you. And Mephibosheth said, well, you found me now. Please don't kill me. He said, I didn't come to kill you, son. David doesn't want to kill you, but he wants to show you mercy. He wants to show you mercy like never before. He said, you might as well open the door. You've done found me. I can see when he opened that door, light fell across Mephibosheth and Mephibosheth saw his crippled condition. You remember 
remember when the Holy Ghost cracked the light of the gospel upon you and you saw your lost condition and he begins to tell Ziba, Ziba begins to tell Mephibosheth, now listen, David wants to adopt you. He's going to show kindness unto you for Jonathan, your father's sake. He said, but wait a minute, I don't know the way to go. I was five years old when we came out. I don't know where the way to go. I, don't, I can't get there. I'm a cripple. I can't walk. And Ziba said, I've got transportation out here. I've got a chariot waiting on you. And then I see not only did he know about that, he knew about the destination. He knew about the luxuries of David's palace. He knew that Ziba, Ziba knew that Mephibosheth was going to enjoy the king's protection and the king's provision and the king's presence. And then he knew about the invitation which speaks of the lifting. He said, he said, Mephibosheth, I've got to have an answer. Will you go? I believe Mephibosheth looked at his condition. He saw he had no hope in Lodibar. And he said, I will go. I see old Ziba put his hands underneath old Mephibosheth and lift him up. Carried him outside. Said, son, you don't have to walk. You don't have to hobble like a cripple. I've got royal transportation to take you all the way back. Oh, he knew about the lifting. He knew about the invitation which spoke of the lifting. You remember when he come and lifted you? You remember when you were sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very gently, Jesus reached down, reached down and brought you out and brought you in at the same time. He brought us out that He might bring us in. Here you see uh, the things that Ziba knew. Number one, we see there the leading to Lodibar, the crippling of sin. The leaving of Lodibar uh, by the coming of the servant, uh, which speaks of faith. Uh, but now we're looking back at Lodibar. Uh, this speaks of the certainty of salvation, uh, which speaks about freedom and favor. I see now you, you've got to imagine in your mind's eye. I see Ziba coming back up through there. They crossed the Jordan River and the ferry boat operator said, looks like you got a passenger. My, my, is that that boy? Is that, is that Mephibosheth? Is that Saul's grandson? And they, and Jonathan's son? And Ziba said, it sure is. And my master's going to adopt him and put him in the family. I'm glad I got adopted, friend. Three ways you get into a human family. You get married into it. You get birthed into it. And then you get adopted into it. I got in the family of God all three ways simultaneously. I got birthed into the family of God. I got adopted in the family of God. And I'm soon to be married in the family of God. Amen. So I see him coming back up through there and Ziba said, what's that? Excuse me, Mephibosheth said to Ziba, what's that? He said, that's the king's orchards. That's the king's orchards. He said, I've never seen anything like that in Lodibar. He said, what's that over there? He said, that's the king's herds. That's the king's livestock over there. He said, I never saw anything like that in Lodibar. There's a whole lot of things in Lodibar that you never did see. But once you get saved by the grace of God, things take on a brand new look about it. 
I often think right here about a poor old Moabite that might have rode over the top of the hill, looked down in the valley, and there was the children of Israel spread out everywhere. And there was that dull, badger-skinned tabernacle tin out there. And I can see that old Moabite looking on. And here comes a little Jewish boy, a little Hebrew boy, and he said, Hey, son, what's going on down there? He said, That's the high priest, sir. And he's taking blood. And he's taking it from off the altar. And he's going to wash there at that laver. And then he's going to go inside. That, and that old Moabite I said, I'd like to go down there and see what's in there. He said, well, number one, sir, you couldn't do that. You'd have to be born again. You'd have to be born again of the household of Aaron. Only the great high priest can go back there once a year and not without blood for himself and for the blood of the children of Israel. He said, what's inside that kid? He said, well, over here, there's the, there's the table of showbread. Over here's the golden candlestick. There's the altar of incense. And then there's a gigantic veil. And behind that, there's the holies of holies. And that's where our God dwells. And it's the kind of glory that Moabite right off and shakes his head and said, I don't see anything about that that looks anything like anything at all. You'd have to get on the inside. That dull badger skin on the outside didn't look like much. But if you could have got on the inside and seen the gold and seen those cherubims woven in that veil, friend. See, it's when you get inside the grace of God and get born again that Christianity takes on a brand new look. It becomes real. And so I see him bringing, and there's, there's news in Jerusalem. There's whispers throughout the palace. Siva's been gone for a day or so. I've heard, it says one of David's sons, he's gone down there to fetch Saul's grandson. Can you imagine that? Saul's grandson. I can see this thing. Try to imagine as David's mighty men begin to look. In comes this cripple. But you wouldn't have known he was a cripple just looking at him. I believe old Ziba said, look here, son. I've got the royal blanket with the king's insignia on it. I'm going to cover up your cripple legs. You're going to sit in this chair. I'm going to ride you all the way back. And there ain't nobody going to know you're a cripple. Yeah. Amen. I'm glad my past has been done away with in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. What I found out the other night set me back a step or two. But the Holy Ghost reminded me, you got a new name, son. You got a new name written down in heaven. Can you imagine on the first morning that, Z that Ziba brings Mephibosheth in, wheels him in a makeshift wheelchair, and there's the king's insignia across his knees. All you can see is just Ziba. And they wheel him up to the table. I tried to imagine this David's mighty men gaze on Mephibosheth as he sits at the king's table. One of David's sons, maybe Abishai, said, How did this doomed grandson of Saul, how did this dead dog find a seat among the sons of David? Maybe it was Benaiah, David's other son, that answered, It must be the kindness of God that our father David has shown to Mephibosheth. It must be grace. It must be grace. And maybe the angels look at the likes of us. I'm talking about a motley crew gathered here this afternoon. You say, preacher, you don't know anything about my past. I know you was a sinner. I know you was stooped in sin and on your way to a devil's hell. And maybe the angels look at some of us and wonder why God would show mercy on guilty sinners like us. Why have we found a place at the table of our Lord? And while they stand, the angels stand as servants awaiting to do His bidding. We set out sons. I believe an angel looks at another angel and said, it must be that word grace. It must be grace. Grace that God has showed upon those that were lost. Angels know nothing about the grace of Almighty God. 
They don't understand. And so we have now the looking back at Lodibar, the certainty of salvation. Did you notice the Bible said in verse number, number 12, Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. Mephibosheth had a son whose name was Micah. And according to 1 Chronicles chapter 8, verse number 35, and the sons of Mephibosheth were, were, excuse me, the sons of Micah, Mephibosheth's son, were Pithon and Melech, Perez and Ahaz. You see, Mephibosheth had four grandsons. He had a son named Micah and he had four grandchildren. Now you granddaddies know how it is. Now, I don't have any grandchildren as of yet. I have two nephews that my dad would have been their granddaddy and they're just like little grandchildren to me. I buy them things, I spoil them, and I have fun with them, then I send them home. Amen. Send them back down there. But you know, I can see old Mephibosheth as he's been there for a couple of years now in the king's palace. And his son has those four grandchildren. Boy, and has his grandchildren. He gathers them about him. And uh, they, he says, boys, don't y'all to row me out here. Row me out here on the ballast. Roll me out here on the terrace. Roll me out here where I can see back off the side. I want to look down toward Lodibar. They said, Papa, seems like that's the place you look at a whole lot. Papa, say something about Lodibar that you've never told us. He said, I believe it's about time, boys, that I begin to tell you. I need to tell you about me why I sit here and I look back at Lodibar. Because that's where I come from. I hear one of them say, Papa, have you always been the king's palace? He said, no. No, I need to tell you that I'm, grand, I'm Saul's grandson. And there was a time when I was enslaved down in Lodibar to sin. What you see is the solitude of the situation. He tells them how he was all alone down there. He stayed in the house of Mature, the son of Amiel. And he had the dread upon him that David would soon find him one day and would take his life. And then he talks about the scars of sin. Maybe he raised his garment up and took the royal insignia blanket off and he showed him the scars on his leg. He showed him how he couldn't walk. He said, children, I'm a cripple. I'm a cripple. And they said, Papa, that he said, what happened? They said, he said, well, one day there was the search of the servant. Not only the solitude of the situation, the scars of sin, but there was the search of the servant. He said, he said, Micah came to get me one day. Excuse me. He said, Ziba came to get me one day. And he said, I said yes to him. And he brought me out of Lodibar and brought me up here. I don't really deserve to be here. I'm not one of David's sons in reality. David was kind enough to adopt me in the family of God. I'm telling you, I'm appreciating more about this adoption thing now since I found this out in my own life. And, uh, and he talks about the salvation of, and, uh, and he talks about the salvation of the sovereign. He said, boys, let me tell you, David fetched me. David fixed me. David forgave me. David favored me. David fed me. David has fortified me. And I owe everything that I am to King David. He had mercy on such a dead dog as I am. And I believe by this time there's tears coming down Mephibosheth's face. And by then them little grandchildren are looking back down toward Lodibar too. They're saying, that's where he brought you from, Papa. That's where you came from. Every now and then I sit around, and I, I don't like to keep my mind on the past, but every now and then I remember where I was, Brother Ray Aiken. I remember where God found me in the condition that I was in. I remember, Brother Charles, where God brought me from. And every now and then I like to look back at Lodibar, look back at Lodibar and see where the king found me. Can you imagine this now? 
I thought about this, what David's heart purposed, his mouth proclaimed, and what David's heart purposed, his mouth proclaimed, David's hand, he, he had it brought forth, he performed it, and he brought him out, brought him out. Aren't you glad to be brought out? Aren't you glad to be saved? If you're not saved this afternoon, you can be saved. You can come to know the Lord Jesus. Many, many messages from out of this passage of Scripture. Dr. Seidler used to preach that famous message just on how Mephibosheth was a type of the sinner and a type of the grace of God. I want to look back at Lodibar every now and then. I want to get to where Abraham was one day in chapter 12. He climbed up the mountain. He got to where he could see Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. Ai means the city of ruins. Bethel means the house of God. Abram said, here's a good place to build an altar right here. I can see where God found me. and I can see where he's going to take me to one day. I want to build me an altar right here. May God help us not to forget where the Lord brought us from. Pastor Bart Hemsworth.